Welcome to Mexico Unexplained, where we will explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. This series presents information based partly on theory and conjecture. The podcaster's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the subjects we will examine. Here is your host, Robert Bitto. Welcome, and muy bienvenidos to episode number 170 of Mexico Unexplained where we examine the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. I'm your host, Robert Bitto. North of the great temple in the Aztec capital of Tenochtitlan stood the House of the Eagles, the headquarters of the special forces of the Aztec military, known as the Eagle Knights or Eagle Warriors. Outside the entrance to this magnificent building stood two statues that frightened the Spanish conquistadors, who were invited into the Aztec capital as honored guests of the Emperor Montezuma. Now lost to history, each clay statue depicted a man with a skull for a head and an angry expression on his face. In this angry expression, the jaw jutted out slightly so as to receive and swallow the stars at the break of dawn. The skull head was topped with a headdress made of owl feathers and paper banners. Around the necks of the statues were clay depictions of human eyeballs. Human bones from vanquished enemies served as ear spools. Both sculptures had red spots on them, symbolizing spattered blood. The astonished Spaniards made note of these impressive statues in their diaries and letters home, describing them as hideous and demonic. To the residents of the imperial city, these images were beautiful. The Aztecs explained to their European guests that these larger-than-life clay figures represented the powerful Mictlantecutli, god of death and ruler of the underworld, called Mictlan. Mictlantecutli may be one of the oldest gods found throughout Mesoamerica. He has counterparts in cultures throughout ancient Mexico and existed in civilizations which predated the Aztecs. To the Zapotecs he was called Kedo. The ancient Maya called him Yumsimil or Apuk. The Tarascans called him Tiwime. Art and iconography of the earlier Olmec culture suggests that they too had a death god similar to Miklantecutli, but they did not have a formal writing system, and hence his name is not known. By the time of the consolidation of power of the Aztecs, Miklantecutli's worship had been standardized throughout the empire, and he became one of the most powerful and influential gods at the time of the Spanish conquest. To the Aztecs, understanding Mictlantecutli begins not with death, but with the story of creation. The ancient Aztecs believed that the universe had existed in previous incarnations, often referred to as suns. At the time of European contact, the Aztecs claimed they existed during the fifth sun, as there had been four previous universes or existences that had been destroyed before. The god of the underworld, Mictlantecutli, played a key role in the fifth sun, or the current reality in which the world presently exists. There are several variations to the creation of this fifth incarnation, and the general story also involves perhaps the most widely known and recognized god in ancient Mexico, Quetzalcoatl, or the Feathered Serpent. For more information on Quetzalcoatl, 
Please See Mexico Unexplained, episode number 100. In the creation story, Quetzalcoatl went down to the underworld after the destruction of the fourth sun to gather together materials to build a new fifth universe. In this new realm would live humans, and the feathered serpent god went down to Mictlan, looking for bones of creatures from the previous world to fashion into mankind. At this time, between worlds, Mictlantecutli lived peacefully in Mictlan, in a house with no windows, along with his wife, Mictecacahuatl. His wife, also known as Lady Death, was celebrated in her own right by the Aztecs in the ninth month of the year, with those celebrations eventually forming the foundation of modern Day of the Dead observances found throughout central and southern Mexico. The Lord of Death and Lady Death lived in their windowless home with their familiars and companions, spiders, owls, and bats. Mictlantecutli resented the presence of Quetzalcoatl in his space and decided to throw obstacles in his way to prevent him from creating humans and the new fifth son. The underworld god told Quetzalcoatl that he would let him gather the bones only if he would blow a conch shell like a trumpet four times while he walked around Mictlan. Quetzalcoatl agreed, but Mictlantecutli tricked him by giving him a shell that would make no sound when blown into. Quetzalcoatl got around this by asking the worms and bees to help him. The worms made holes into the shell to turn it into a musical instrument, and the bees buzzed inside it to give off a loud sound of a trumpet. Mictlantecutli conceded and told Quetzalcoatl that he could leave the underworld with the bones he needed to make humans. The feathered serpent was well on his way to leaving Mictlan when Mictlantecutli put up another impediment. He dug a great pit near the exit of the underworld so that Quetzalcoatl would fall into it and would not be able to leave. Sure enough, when the great god tried leaving the underworld, he was spooked by a bird and fell into the pit. Mictlantecutli delighted in ruining Quetzalcoatl's plans, but the feathered serpent god would not be taken down. He pulled himself out of the pit, gathered together his materials, and left Mictlan to start the fifth sun. Once completely free of Mictlantecutli, Quetzalcoatl mixed his own blood with the old bones from the underworld and breathed life into humans for the first time. According to the ancient Aztecs, in this new creation, this fifth son, Mictlantecutli, was an important god and took on many tasks and aspects. In the 20 day signs of the Aztec calendar, Mictlantecutli was the god of the day sign represented by the dog, or Itzcuintli. As the god of that day, Mictlantecutli was responsible for supplying the souls of people born on that day. He was also responsible for supplying the souls of people born on the sixth day of the 14-day Aztec week. In the pantheon of Aztec night gods, Mictlantecutli was the fifth of nine gods. He took his place proudly between Senteotl, the corn god, and Chalchiutlique, the goddess with the skirt made of jade, who presided over the waters and was the patroness of fertility and childbirth. 
In the 20-week cycle of the Mesoamerican calendar, Mictlantecutli shared the 10th week with the sun god Tonatiu, perhaps to balance out life and death. On the clock, Mictlantecutli was associated with the 11th hour of the day. He was also connected with a mythical northern region of the earth that the Aztecs called Mictlampa, a dark, cold place of eternal stillness and rest. While being associated with the northern compass direction and this barren northern region, Mictlantecutli is in some cases associated with the southern compass direction as well. As previously mentioned in the creation story, the Aztec god of death is often associated with owls, bats, and spiders, and sometimes symbolic representations of these creatures appear in artwork connected with him. Mictlantecutli's most important function was as a death god and ruler of the underworld. The Aztecs believed that different outcomes befell the dead, not dependent on any moral consequence. There was no heaven reserved for the faithful doer of good deeds and no hell for a person who led a life of wickedness and depravity. It was more important how a person died in determining where that person's soul would end up. To warriors killed in battle or upon the stone of sacrifice, their place in the afterlife was clear. They would be escorted to the sky by the war god Huitzilopochtli to become companion of the eagle or Cuauhtecatl. For more information about Huitzilopochtli, please see Mexico Unexplained episode number 82. These fallen heroes would join the sun in the sky as it rose in the east and reached its zenith. After four years spent traveling across the sky, these souls would come back to earth as hummingbirds, flying from flower to flower for the rest of eternity. Those women who died in childbirth picked up where the companions of the eagle left off. Their souls resided in the heavens as well, and would accompany the sun for the rest of the journey through the sky, from its zenith to sunset. Those who died from drowning in storms or in anything having to do with water were relegated to the rain god Tlaloc after death. For more information about the Aztec god Tlaloc, please see Mexico Unexplained episode number 152. For those killed in the unfortunate aforementioned ways, Tlaloc had a special paradise reserved for them. The place for these souls to live in eternity was called Tlalocan, when the early Spanish chroniclers asked what this place was like, the Aztecs told them that it was much like the tropical lands in the eastern part of their empire. Tlaloc's heaven was a place of unending greenery, beautiful flowers, and warm rain, a gigantic garden of abundance and repose, a place of uninterrupted happiness without labor or want. While some met Huitzilopochtli after death and others met Tlaloc, these were very few people. The majority had to face the supreme god of the underworld, the bony-faced Mictlantecutli, and had to make the journey through the god's kingdom Mictlan. At the time of death, a person's soul left the body and was joined by a small dog companion to guide him or her down into the underworld. The journey through Mictlan would last a total of four years. During that time, the soul would endure many hardships and overcome many obstacles. 
A soul journeying through the Aztec underworld found itself running away from vicious monsters and constantly subject to icy blasts known as the Winds of Obsidian. Their last final task in Mictlan would be to cross the Nine Rivers. At the other side of the last river, a soul would just disintegrate. After all the trials of the previous four years, the exhausted spirit would reach a point of willful surrender. It simply would dissolve into the void, vanishing completely and forever. Some believe that Mictlantecutli didn't quite go away after the Spanish destroyed his temples and eradicated the old Aztec religion. A contemporary Mexican folk saint called the Santa Muerte has eerie similarities with the ancient god of death. For more information about the Santa Muerte, please see Mexico Unexplained episode number 9. While not tolerated by the Catholic Church and not recognized by the Vatican as an official saint, the Santa Muerte is worshipped by millions in Mexico today. Traditional Catholics in Mexico see the devotion to the Santa Muerte as a death cult and attribute its rise in popularity to the work of demonic forces. The folk saint resembles closely the Western European or Euro-American image of the Grim Reaper, a hooded skeleton carrying a large sickle. Like Mictlantecutli, the bony-faced Santa Muerte is often accompanied by a small owl. Modern Mexicans have turned to the Santa Muerte because, as some have explained, the regular Catholic saints have failed them, and they need something more powerful to help them in dire times. One of the things that followers of the Santa Muerte pray for is what they call a good death and assistance in reaching the afterlife. This is similar to how the ancient Aztecs looked to Mictlantecutli as a guide in the death transition. It is unknown if this has been a transference of beliefs from one god to another that has happened only recently, or if these beliefs never quite died out and are now only bubbling to the surface in a more modern form. Whether related to the modern phenomenon of the Santa Muerte or not, Mictlantecutli is one of the most enduring and powerful gods of the Aztecs, and has helped shape cultural views of death throughout Mexico, carrying on to the present day. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained. Remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends by sharing these shows with others. Please go to our website, MexicoUnexplained.com, for references, illustrations, and for free access to transcripts of past shows. Please visit Amazon.com to purchase the book, Mexico Unexplained, to get a hard copy of The Magic, the Mysteries, and the Miracles of Mexico. We appreciate your kind attention once again. Until next time, thank you and gracias. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained with host Robert Bitto. For show summary, relevant links and commentary, please check out our website at MexicoUnexplained.com. Like us on Facebook and be a part of the conversation. Adios and hasta la vista.